Okay, hello. Hi, everybody. And welcome back to Finders Keepers. Yay, welcome back. Ew, you didn't say woo. I know, because I was hyper aware of it. <laughs> oh, woo. no. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There's the woo. Um, yeah, we're so excited to be back. Um, we've had a lot of posting and hubbub happening today on the social media. Yay. Which is New so exciting. Supporters. I hope everybody's listening. That would be nice. It would be nice if we got a little bit more um, following on the actual pod, but yeah. Because we have a lovely social media, we have a lovely booth, but it all started with the podcast, so I hope you guys are still around. <laughs> I mean, we know the people are still around, we just want to gain more listeners, so. Tis true. Tis, Tis true. true. Tis true. Um, Riley, do you have a finder's keepers of this week? <laughs> um, not really. I've, like, I've been active on eBay, but I haven't mm-hmm. really I don't think I've really bought anything in the last week, now that I think about it. I've been getting packages in the last week, but that was just because they were all delayed from the weather. So I actually don't think I have a purchase from the last week. I bought some stuff for my mom's birthday, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I bought anything for the booth or for me, myself, and I. Yeah, Um, but I think that's okay. We don't have to buy every week. We don't have to buy every week sustainable purchasing sustainable purchasing Wait, i'm not sure if i sent this to you riley but i saw you did oh you know i what know I'm you're talking talk about. about the I instagram d- carousel about, yeah i um, didn't hear he get any feedback from you on that so i wasn't sure no that's because i no yeah i saved it to read it and then i hadn't gone back and read it yet okay but i've i've read a lot of similar commentary and i've studied up on the topic a lot I would like your like the ins- ethics of thrifting. I would like your in insight on it. So basically, the, okay, let me get the listeners up to speed because they're like, what yes. are they talking about? Okay, because I just like no words were said. And I said yes, I know what you're talking so about. So I came across this okay Instagram carousel. Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. I call it a slide deck usually. Infographic. <laughs> infographic. Well, it was more than one. Like, right? It was like nine tile. So I came across this um, infographic, slide deck, whatever you may call Mm -hmm. it, on Instagram because somebody had reposted part of it on their story. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. So it's all about the ethics of thrifting and how thrifting is really, like, greenwashed and how it is – and in how it is currently being perceived in modern media. Mm Mm-hmm. And how it's been, I'm using the word gentrified, this isn't the word that they used in the article. Right. But, like, that thrifting has been really gentrified, and now it's, like, just, like, a bunch of millennials and Gen Z, like, going to these stores and getting merchandise where, like, people who actually, like, need to go there to get, like, new shoes for their toddler or um new um a new crock pot for their kitchen because they can't afford to buy it new like they actually need to go there and buy most of their home items from there as opposed to people who really can afford to buy things new or at other more expensive places and just choose to go to the thrift store because it's trendy Mm -hmm. um 
And I also thought the part of the article was really interesting that said that, like, people are more prone to overbuying when they shop at a thrift store. Right. As opposed to, like, a box store or retail, I should say, a retail store. And I thought that was all very interesting. And I can't say that I've thought about all that stuff, but I have thought about the whole, like, quote-unquote gentrification of thrift stores Mm -hmm. and i think that's very prevalent now but i'm not sure if it's here to stay yeah because i have yeah go ahead i think that it it comes in phases but and then for the whole thrifting makes you buy more like i think that that argument's kind of dumb And let me explain why. Because all of that stuff has already been bought once. So it's already in the cycle of items that have already been produced. Mm -hmm. So why does it matter how much of it you rebuy? Like, I guess that's also just, again, coming from privilege. But how? why does it matter if it's already been produced and purchased and won't affect... Future, pr- like, okay, if you go to Target, no, and, I follow, yeah, and buy a T-shirt. Technically, it's already been produced, right? But you buying that T-shirt from Target shows Target that there's a demand for that product, so mm-hmm. they're so going they're to keep more. on producing that or more quantity of that same white V-neck T-shirt. Yeah. Okay, if you buy it from Goodwill, like somebody already bought that to begin with, so you buying it from Goodwill, like, is not going to make Goodwill produce more. Right. So I've not thought about that before, but that's a really interesting point. I don't understand that argument. And also, like, usually the people who are buying at a thrift store, like, obviously are looking at a lower price point, so they're probably trying to buy more for less money anyways. And then, I mean, I know even myself, I've bought a boatload from stores from, like, Zara or H&M before. Like, how does that compared to the comparison that they're trying to make from buying from a thrift store Mm -hmm. and how people will even have like from anthropology or like free free people like have $500 hauls or something like isn't it so much more quote-unquote sustainable to buy those 10 pieces from Goodwill for like $50 as opposed to buying 10 pieces from free people and spending $500 like I just really don't agree with the arguments almost all the arguments that that article was trying to make what's your take that's interesting <laughs> I have read a lot about this topic if I had known that we were going to talk about this for this episode I would have come with notes also yeah this I, this completely <laughs> diverged from our preset no, topics yeah. this is not a planned conversation I think we should have a planned conversation for it in the future maybe like a follow-up after like I can send you some videos that I've had bookmarked for a while sure and we can reevaluate yeah but, um coming into this conversation with like kind of the same preparation as you being minimal um I agree that, um, actually, so where do I even begin with this? I think your point about overconsumption is interesting because before you had mentioned that, I agreed that there is a tendency to overbuy. I think that comes around into the topic of not so much sustainability, but need. 
And I think maybe that's where you start to get into the territory of taking away from somebody that does need it when you buy something that you don't need or mm. love. Yeah. But then that gets into the territory of when you thrift shop as somebody that does not need to thrift shop um, in terms of price range that you're somehow taking away from the people that do need it. Mm-hmm. I think it's been proven by a lot of sources at this point that I don't have prepped but we'll find at some point for you all yeah. that um, that's not really the case because there is mil- like an incomprehensible amount of clothing waste in America, let alone the world, but right. in the United States. Right. So we are not even making a dent into the amount of clothing waste that we have at thrift stores. So the concept of like denying secondhand clothing by having people in like a different economic bracket shop in thrift stores that's not even an argument we're not making a dent into the amount of clothing waste that we have and if we're not buying in the thrift store it's going to the landfill right right it's it's not a matter of i'm buying it which is presenting which is preventing somebody else from buying it it's a matter of i'm buying it and if i don't buy it and then if somebody else doesn't buy it it's going to either be shipped to a third world country i was going to say it's going to be sold to a third world country for pennies adding to the waste of other environment right which is just another bullet to tack on to the column of privilege like right. we're adding to the waste and the poor climate change like dangerous climate change of other areas of the world mm-hmm. because when we send these clothes to other country like to africa specifically they have more than they can handle and they are going to shred it up and burn it which goes into the environment. So it's like a vicious cycle. So I don't think that there is really the argument of you're taking away from somebody else by buying. Unless we're talking about specific sizes and like weather needs. Because there is a deficit of plus size clothing. There is a deficit for children's clothing in a lot of areas. And there is a deficit for winter clothing in a lot of areas. So I think that's where you do need to be mindful of what you're buying and, and for what children's purposes. shoes like definitely sho- shoes specifically also because i'm definitely i will need to read more about it but i'm i don't think it's ethical for like the gen z depop resellers to be going into the children's clothing aisle buying a t-shirt selling it for 30 dollars and calling it a baby tee yeah that because I there's probably a child about. who actually needs that yeah access to clothing and like that's not i'm not the first person to have that argument like people get hate on it for tiktok all the time but i need to read more about it because that it depends on the area too like if you're going into if you have a small town and it's the only goodwill in a 30 mile radius then maybe it's a different conversation but thinking on a global even just a national scale the concept of somebody going into a thrift store, like a middle-class white person going into a thrift store and buying it when they don't need it, or not even buying it when they don't need it, but just like buying it because they prefer the price tag as opposed to the price tag of Target, like that's, I don't think that's really taking away or gentrifying per se. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, When you were talking about shipping those materials to africa and mate have you listened to all of pre-love's podcast yes i have okay do you remember there some really good episodes about it episodes it was mm-hmm. men who thrift and it was the two african men 
They had very thick accents, so mm-hmm. I couldn't listen to that episode on 1.5 speed because I had to really listen to understand what these men were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember what, what countries they were from. I swear one was from Ghana, but I cannot remember specifically. I will put more information in the show notes yeah. when I can research it. Um, but they were just talking about, um, they both sold in markets, mm-hmm. like open markets, um, secondhand clothing that was coming from first world countries. Like they would get all of these like suits from Italy, like all these Armani mm-hmm. suits from Italy and just like all these things that were just waste from developed countries and they would launder them and fix them and then sell them off the markets, which I, I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot from pre-loved. I think for our current listeners, that's my first direction for you if you want to learn more about this is listen to pre-loved podcasts. There have been so many guests on that show that talk about the sustainability and ethics and just like global impact of thrifting or lack of thrifting. Um, but that just like comes back to the chain of events in donate, like the chain of donations. Like if you don't buy it at Goodwill, it goes into the bins. If you don't buy it at the bins, it goes into a landfill mm-hmm. or it goes overseas. Yeah. Neither of which are sustainable results. Right. Yeah. No, it's sorry. That was just really like weighing on my mind and I hadn't heard anything from you, Riley. Yeah. No, I sent that to you. So I was really wanting to gauge your response to that i think about it like almost every day (laughs) really Um, and i have like at least 10 youtube videos in my save to watch later about the topic like videos like why i quit depop gentrification of thrifting and i I, like i want to watch those videos because i am curious how other people feel about it because these are just my current thoughts Mm -hmm, having mm -hmm. not watched Mm -hmm. other videos about it like this is me listening to pre-love podcast and reading the Instagram infographics. Right. So I definitely want to hear other perspectives that are um, like similar identities to ours, like young girls that thrift and resell. Also, me personally, I feel like my experience is also a bit different than like probably the girl who said why quit Depop. Mm-hmm. Because I have been thrifting with my mother since I could mm-hmm. like it's been just part of the way I was raised the culture I was raised around like I could get stuff when I like wanted to new but we always just wanted to go to the thrift shop because you could get more which I guess is also that like consumerist mentality but like it's all about the thrill of the well it's also all about the thrill of the hunt yeah like it's all about there's adventure to it adventure like it's being not able, all just like profit hunting like dig through stuff and just find something that's like unique to you um but yeah I never like really I mean there were a few times where I really wanted new things um and also, we have to put in perspective, I grew up dancing, which is literally one of the most expensive hobbies yeah. for a child. So, um, that's a lie. There are plenty that are more expensive than that, but it's still... <laughs> it's an expensive hobby. It's still an expensive hobby. Um, and so, like, my mom was already having to buy new leotards, new tights, new point shoes, new tap shoes, new hair bun holders like you Mm. know like everything else had to be new when it came to dance stuff 
So why could we not just like get my school clothes at the thrift store or the consignment store, you know? So that's also my take because it's not like I'm a Gen Z, well, I'm a cusper, but it's not like I'm a cusper and just decided like a year ago to start thrifting because I saw it on TikTok and thought it was cool. Like that's not the way that it has been in my life or, or consignment shopping, like thrifting and consignment is not the same thing, but it's also very much on the same line or using platforms such as Depop or Poshmark or mm-hmm. there's, or even like the real, real, like the, I like grew up using consignment stores and thrift stores. So knowing that that's like established in my life, like I don't see it going anywhere soon. And anyone who tries to tell me that like, it's not my place. I'm like, okay, so where were you on April 1st, mm-hmm. 2002. <laughs> yeah, that's also something that, like, definitely adds to the argument and, like, kind of the lack of acceptance and, like, support for newcomers and, like, the resellers, basically, mm-hmm. is, like, you think about all the people that have been relying on thrifting or not even just relying but just have been thrifting for the last 30 years and there was such a stigma for it, like, 80s, 90s, early early 2000s, But, like, now that it's trendy, it's okay, and we're having this conversation, like, there's just an icky feeling to it. (laughs) Yeah. I've also heard the argument from, I think, Pre-Love Podcast Mm -hmm. slash some other environmentalist podcast, excuse me, that um, even though I said that this is cyclical and thrifting's probably going to be out, I've heard it argued that it's not going anywhere. That people in terms of are, the quote-unquote trendiness of right. it. Right. And the, like, approach to, like, brands like Reformation. Yeah. Where, like, stuff is um, reconstructed or made out of reused fabric. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. That desire for sustainable fashion is definitely increasing and solidifying. I agree. I don't really see it going anywhere, um, at least in the next 30 years or so. Like, as far as, um, for as long as Gen Z will be growing and kind of um, the most present generation in the media and in, like, our growing lives, I think it'll stick around because I think the younger generation, our, our generation included, I don't think we're, like, that much off from them. Yeah. Um, I think we're more climate-minded mm-hmm. and environmentally-minded. Um like we have all this information in front of us and like we are the generation that has had the most information accessible to us um so i think we just like are coming into the situation knowing more about it and knowing the impact that our clothing choices and our purchases have so i think it'll stick around maybe what will happen is like gen z will start to have children children will be sick of the environmental mindedness or like penny pincher mindedness yeah and like just kind of the carbon footprint pincherness yeah and it might just be like a generational rebellion kind of cycle as we have seen just like just i'm like thinking about topics from my own university courses but like thinking about the effects of the great depression how like like adults that grew up during the great depression like kind of became hoarders after a hot sec because 
you never know if you're going to end up in that position again and like what may come in handy in the future so then the children of those great depression adults like are like oh my god we have to get rid of it like stop holding on to everything yeah just kind of that like rebellion of mindsets yeah so my grandfather was two when the great depression happened Mm -hmm. and like growing up going to their house like at like my grandparents house like they always had so much food yeah. And my mom's like, why do, you, why do you have this huge pantry with all this food? And we could just never understand it. And it's just because they had so much time without. Mm-hmm. So they never want to be without again. Yeah, exactly. So that's like kind of how I could see maybe the trends sh- or the tides shifting. But I think for now, thrifting will stick around. But I think that's good. It's still better than buying from Target and buying from Shein. Buying from Zara, H&M, like, Mango. We live in the United States. It is a capitalist nation that is propelled by consumerism. Mm-hmm. So as long as those are like our economic foundations, people are going to be buying. So we have to think realistically, are you going to be buying from a cycle that already exists? Or are you going to be buying from cycles that you're adding to with your purchases just like you said like target versus goodwill right yeah stuff to think about no yeah definitely there's definitely more to read up about it this is not my final educated response this is just now that we're talking about it this is what i have to offer yeah i opened up that can of worms so yeah but i think um, we'll definitely come back to this topic at for some point. sure it's really interesting for sure and that wasn't even what we had planned for the episode, kids. I know. That was just being so spontaneous for you all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I honestly, like, was like, wow, this is all we have planned for the episode today. Because we didn't really have any finds yeah. for the week. And then we just had this tangent, so that's mm-hmm. great. It's an interesting tangent, though. I like mm-hmm. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But let me find a segue for us. I think I can find one. <laughs> um, so you were talking about childhood shopping habits yeah. and going thrifting with your mom yes, in I the was. younger years. Yes, Let's talk about what else we are being influenced by in our younger years. Who were your childhood style inspirations? <laughs> wow, that was a great segue, right? I got Thank us there. You. I got um, us there. I don't know. I watched a lot of Lizzie McGuire. Mm-hmm. So, I remember. Wait, I have a comment. Really okay, quick, please, 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 please. I remember. So my sister really watched like watched Lizzie McGuire a lot. So I like would catch those reruns with her. Um, but I remember renting the DVDs of Lizzie McGuire from the library when I was in like DVDs. Second, yeah, and like second Whoa, through fourth grade. Oh, she was ahead of her time. We didn't even have a DVD player in my house until I was in like fourth grade. <laughs> no, yeah, it was like second through fourth grade, like. I think I was in Germany at the time. That's um, probably why, because we definitely did not have those. <laughs> no, it was it was it was like a re- yeah, it was a library situation. Um, but I remember watching them, and the one episode of Lizzie McGuire that really sticks out to me, for God knows why, is um, I want a bra. <laughs> That's what stands out to me, and I don't know why. I just like remember. Oh, see, you might have been in Germany during this time. Did you ever go to a book fair? Yeah, like the classic Classic book. Yeah. (laughs) I just remember when I was in elementary school, I would ask my mom to buy me everything that was Lizzie McGuire. And it was always the 
cartoon Lizzie McGuire, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. the cartoon girl. Her little alter ego. Yeah, and it was always, like, these little sticker books and journals. And yes, iconic. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. Yes, It was, absolutely. like, a trifold thing, and it had a little magnet on the side, so it would, like, slap close, you know? I definitely had a Lizzie McGuire t-shirt with a little cartoon Lizzie on it. I had oh, a nightgown awesome. that had <laughs> cartoon I think my sister did, too. I think my sister definitely did. Um... What else? I just, and probably I had some puffy pins, you know, yeah. like, that had the cartoon Lizzie McGuire on it. Um, I also really, from the book, this is another book fair story. <laughs> this is a very Y2K episode, I feel like. Um, That's okay. I remember this. It was either kindergarten or first grade book fair. And... The Cheetah Girls movies had, like, the first one had just come out. So this was, like, what? A cultural reset. 2006, maybe 2005, something like that. And you know the Cheetah Girls movies are based off of this huge book series. There's, like, seven of the books, and they're, like, thicker than the Bible. Like, (laughs) I wasn't trying to be funny. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) They're, like, a thousand, like, almost a thousand pages. Like, they're huge. And I had my heart set that I was going to get my mom to buy me the Cheetah Girls book, like, the no- mm-hmm. novel one. The capital B book. Yes. The Bible. <laughs> Got it. And she was like, Meredith, you don't even know how to read? She's like, you think you can read this whole big girl book? And I was just like, I want it because it's the Cheetah Girls. And she said, you can't have this. I'm sorry. Oh I just God. remember, and I remember getting so upset at her and just being like, because she, why would you let me buy this? And she was just like, Meredith, this book is too hard for you. You don't even know how to read. I was so upset. Gosh, she exposed you. But she was right. She was right. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't buy that book for me. Wait, oh my god, that reminds me. Did you ever read the high school musical books? They were like... I read the Hannah Montana book. Oh, you, oh, oh. We, we used to have book orders during the school year, too, that were, like, little magazines that oh were my also God. from Scholastic. I'm Scholastic having, really like, was trying to get us to oh, read. Violent flashbacks. Not sure if they still do this anymore. But they probably have e-books now. Mm-hmm. But I remember I would make my mom buy me um, every Hannah Montana book. And it was basically like the Hannah Montana episode, but they just like put it in words. Okay, so and, I remember yeah. the High School Musical books. They were like, it was like the concept of a spinoff series, but they were books. That was like what the Hannah Montana okay. one was. Yeah, so and like they, they always weren't... had like weird pictures like in the middle. Yeah, yeah, like little kind of like posters, like glossy. But they were like, like yes. glossy pictures. That's yes. exactly what I mean. Okay, and they were so, in color. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> they were like what would have been like um like a tiger beat yeah um, fold out poster exactly but they were like a four by six size <laughs> postcard that fit inside the book exactly and like each book was like had a different like quote, main character mm-hmm. for the series I remember reading like a book that was like Sharpay was the main character and like it was a Ryan book or like a Chad and Taylor book. <laughs> 
That is so funny. I don't know why. I was like, I read those so much. No, I had every single Hannah Montana one. Let me tell you. That is so funny. Every one. I would have um, the Hannah Montana activity books. Oh, I'm sure I had. I had every. I had. Have I ever told you about the Miley room, Riley? The Miley room? Like you had a Miley themed <laughs> room? How would this never come up before? <laughs> no, please. What is happening? Why are we just opening up all the cans tonight? I'm remembering things that I forgot happened. Like this is like deeply, <laughs> deeply ingrained into me. Okay. So, um, in the house that I lived in from second to seventh grade, this was, I mean, Hannah Montana premiered, like, what, when we were in second grade, probably? Yeah, I think so. I First grade, even. got so obsessed with Miley Cyrus. As one does. So obsessed with Hannah Montana. Just g- could not believe. <laughs> and this was when the teeny bopper magazines were, like, mm-hmm. at its peak. J14, Tiger uh, Beat. J14, Tiger Beat. My favorite one was M Magazine. So I made, I asked for Christmas for an M Magazine subscription. There was one that I definitely asked for and I cannot remember the name. Pop Sugar. Continue. Pop Sugar, I think, was one too. Um, and I got a subscription and I started cutting out every single <laughs> No. Did you make a Miley shrine? Big and small. <laughs> and let me tell you, every square centimeter of wall of oh that room God. that I could reach had a picture of Miley Cyrus on it. The sides of my drawers. The How did <laughs> I sides of my desk? This. Front and back of the closet doors. I lit- my the hairs on my arm are standing up hearing this story. That's like creepy, but that is so funny. It's <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> so literally, and then like when my parents went to sell the house, my mom hadn't come up in my room because I lived upstairs. I mean, she would check to make sure that there wasn't like laundry on the floor, but like she wouldn't really come in my room. And I don't think she had been in my room. Well, I stopped doing it. Like, I didn't do that in middle school. It was just kind of up, and I never thought about, like, taking it down, you know? And she comes up, like, when we put our house on the market, and she's like, Meredith, you can't have this. You have to take these down. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she was like, you can't, you can't have this up. And I was like, why not? <laughs> and she's like, we're putting the house on the market. Like, you can't have all these pictures of Miley Cyrus up. <laughs> and so she took, she let me have the digital camera. Oh, back when we had a freestanding digital uh-huh. camera. And let me take as many pictures as I wanted to of the room. And I Please had to, tell me you still have that somewhere. They're on an SD card somewhere and at my parents' house. I'm sure. <laughs> I and, have to see this. And I took as many photo as so many photos, and they're on an SD card somewhere. Of the, the and I wow. the thing is why I call it the Miley Room is because on my door. Well, first of all, there's many features that happen on this door. I had those like beads from Limited Two. That was like a bead curtain. Yeah, me too. I, I also had, too. had a doorbell on my door. <laughs> this is so bougie. 90s. 
<laughs> I had a doorbell on my door. Um, and on the door, on the outside. No boys allowed. No, I didn't. I didn't have siblings, <laughs> so I didn't have no boys allowed. That's true. Um, I had like a piece of pink construction paper and I wrote in Sharpie and then covered in, in glitter. The Miley Room. Branded, <laughs> fully branded. I wish I could make this up. That is so funny. And kids, that's what happens when you're an only child. <laughs> oh my goodness. I cannot believe I've never heard about this before. I can't believe you haven't either. I like I feel like I'm speaking to a completely new person now that I know this aggressively detailed piece of information. <laughs> wow. And like my my room at that house was really big too. Like so a lot of surface area it was for all probably the Miley picks. Two and a half sizes of the room that I'm in now. Were you invested in the Miley and Nick romance? Oh, oh don't for oh, I I <laughs> forgot a pivotal part. One side, I had two dressers. Mm. I had two dressers in this room. So one side was like Miley and Nick pictures. Oh, so you stand. And then I had another side of like Miley with like Selena Gomez. And then like I had, I don't know who else were her people back then. Mandy, the Mandy show. Like Amanda. No, like she had a backup dancer friend who was named Mandy, and they did the Miley and Mandy show on YouTube. Oh, I wasn't on YouTube. Unless you're thinking then. of like her, her. I wasn't either, but like I knew the lore of it. Maybe her with um, who was the like, actress who played Lola? Emily Osment. Yeah, I probably had some stuff with her and Emily her co- Osment her, on it. Uh, co-stars. <laughs> yeah, I probably had some stuff with her and Emily Osment on it too. Yeah. So like, I had like themes. And I I remember this really specifically. I had my iPod Nano that said Merry Merry Christmas Meredith 2009 on it. And I was listening to um, You Belong With Me by the one and only Taylor Swift in yes, my Miley iconic. room on my little speaker that came from the Scholastic Book Club. <laughs> and... Um, <clears throat> Just singing my little heart out, having the best time in my Miley room, so. What was your favorite Hannah Montana song? Um. Oh my gosh, I can, I had a dance to it. Wait, <laughs> I, oh. Hey, get up, get loud. Oh I'm yeah, pumping, pumping up, up the party. The party now. <laughs> I really liked Rockstar. I think that was my favorite. That was a good one. <clears throat> I also like. I'm gonna put up my old blue jeans. Oh, you like the kind of, like, funky ones. <laughs> I liked that. Oh, off of the second album, <clears throat> See You Again. Hands down. Yeah. I got my sights set on you. <laughs> yeah, that beat drop in it, though. That really does. I could get down to that at a club right now. Like, if, somebody, if a perfect. DJ. I gotta yeah, work a classic. it. Yeah, I can't forget. Oh. Not sure no, if the listeners seriously. know this. I'm not sure if you know this, right? Like, this has been my eyes are getting wide. What? Um, when I drove the kombucha van, yeah, the radio didn't work, and neither did the aux. And the only CD they had in the car was the first Hannah Montana soundtrack. Wait, that's kind of amazing. 
So every Saturday, good taste. Every Saturday at six forty-five a.m. Hannah Montana. <laughs> would just be listening to Hannah Montana. I've been going through a really aggressive, um, big time rush resurgence for myself in the last year. Uh, like, uh, 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 oh, stop! Uh. You're gonna give me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I started watching all the reruns this summer. Like, I watched. They all are the so funny. I think it's funny. I'm 22 years old and I'm watching the reruns of the show and I'm genuinely laughing. Like, I think it's funny. I remember when I was first watching it in like middle school, I thought Logan was my favorite, but now I'm definitely a Kendall girl and I never thought that Who would happen. I wasn't a Kendall girl. I Me at the time, Kendall. but I've, I've come around. Cause I'll be thinking about you worldwide. Stop. Li- all of the songs are bangers. Literally, are you kidding me? When he's I need them goodbye, to have a reunion tour. When he's saying goodbye to Joe at the airport when she goes to New Zealand. <gasps> I, I watered up my, my eyes. I teared up. <laughs> I shed a single tear. I crybabied it. Okay. Um, okay. The collab that they did with Jordan Sparks, Count On You. I one, remember two, being in... Three, four, stop. Oh, my God. Two, yes. Five. I remember being in fifth grade, listening to that song you. on my hand-me-down iPod Nano for my sister. Or no, iPod Shuffle for my sister. Oh, okay. It was you the little square. Yep. And it was aqua. And I remember listening to that song on loop doing my little drawings in fifth grade and like crying because it was like the most romantic song that I'd ever heard and I came back to it this summer and that episode came on and I, I started listening to the song I was jamming to the soundtrack on the days that I was not watching the show and I'm like I'm vibing I'm like listening to the song and I'm like this is what love is like I need I need to get this this is still the most romantic song I've ever heard wow. count on you by big time rush featuring Jordan Sparks yeah like oh my god it's art i think that that i think i probably like worldwide more than that even though count on you is still good count on you is my favorite like romantic song but it's not my favorite big time rush song that's yeah um also resurgence and iCarly interest because it got put on Mm -hmm. netflix that do be funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, Spencer is so funny. I remember thinking he was hilarious. I remember thinking he was dumb. But now as an adult, I'm like, this guy? This is peak humor. Is it? This is it. Um, what other inspo? Oh, Victorious. I watched <clears throat> it. I thought it was funny. Um, it was definitely like older. Oh, for sure. Oh, I think I, I watched thought, Victorious um, when I was in middle school. I watched Victorious when I was in high school. <laughs> and I went to a performing... Oh, you also went to a performing arts high yeah. school. So let me get your two cents on this. Um, before I went to a performing arts school, arts high school, I thought every day was going to be like Victorious. <laughs> I really thought that we could just eat on the patio and dance on the on the cafeteria tables and... That that just did happen at my high like school. Like high, just like have this like crazy psychodrama teacher, and just have <laughs> like puppets, like uh, like and have all these weird outdoor events that also have perfect audio and never have any sort of technological glitch. Like just every thing about the show is just not realistic. That's really funny. We did have those things at my high school. Like, we did have people performing at lunch outside. They had technical difficulties, but they did their best. (laughs) And um, I never saw a puppet, but I wouldn't have been surprised if I saw one. And we did eat out on the patio, but also we were in Florida. So, 
And they were in California, so I guess that is a little bit different. Yeah. Well, we had a but patio. We and no. our, like, our drama department was not great. If mm. we have any OXA alum listening, sorry if I offend you, but I'm just <laughs> spitting facts. Like, <laughs> drama department is not good. Um, but all of our, like, musical departments were really good. I think visual arts was good. Creative writing was really good. It was just drama that was pretty bad. You guys sorry, had writing? Guys. Yeah, we had, and they were honestly, they carried they carried our school. They Wait, were really so. Talented. What were your like majors or concentrations? Okay, so we had visual arts, which was mine, um, drama, vocal, dance, orchestra, which is like the strings, mm-hmm. and then band. So they were two different. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, creative writing and technical theater. So, wow, you like, guys had seen costume. Makeup. Wow, okay. So we had visual art, piano, mm. strings, music pro, music production, theater, dance, vocal. Yeah, we had vocal. Did I say that? Yeah, I think that's it. Guitar. Yeah, our guitar. Dance, guitar. We had guitar. Oh, fancy. We had a jazz band that was, like, nationally acclaimed. Like, oh, our jazz cool. band was one of our claims to fame. Yeah. Um, our theater then... department always rent, went really far in, like, the theater competitions. Our um, theater department did um, Into the Woods, I think, when I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. So, oh. sorry to anyone that is listening and worked on that production. But I think you know. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, well, the actors and the singers were pretty bad. Well, that's a hard show. Into the Woods yeah, is a just, hard show. Like, And the thing is, this happens with a lot of um, like theater combo music departments, was that they cast actors instead of casting singers. Singers. Oh, preach. Anyone who went to that's Weaver Academy, preach. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, our creative writers were really good. Like, it was a small department, but they were very talented and I think published like all the time. That's really interesting. Um, and they would do performances like spoken word because we had this thing called a recital every month. Where, we had um, WAPOs, Weaver Academy Performance <laughs> Opportunities, where we would get. Okay, so we were on block schedule, so yeah, we would ha- we would have one whole period a month that was just a wapo. So the thing mm-hmm. is, it also got the music pro kids practicing sound, and then it had the people who went wanted to go into stage managing. They got to stage manage a wapo. Yeah, so it was like a big thing, and then it had people who wanted to do tech theater running, running. Yep. Like, for example, bringing a piano out if a piano needed to come out. Bringing, like, rolling the Marley out for dance or, like, you know, like, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, and so the same thing. It, and you had to audition to be in the WAPO. So if, like, I only performed in a WAPO when I was, like, a senior. So, like, I would, like, go to the <clears throat> the voice teacher, the, um choir director and I'd be like hey I want to audition for the next WAPO and then like you'd just sing what you were going to sing for her and then either she'd tell you like yes you can do it or like no um Mm -hmm. it was so cool 
Wow, I didn't yeah, know that other that places did this type of thing. This is just cool. art school things. Just art school things. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we had that too. I think ours is called Recital, and I'm pretty sure it just happened every month, like the last Wednesday of the month or something, and yeah. it was like a whole hour long that we would have at the end of the day, and it was kind of pre-planned every month. Like, you kind of knew if you were going to be in Recital at the end of the month, if you were working on a big, on a big project. So, like, there would be maybe a scene from the main stage. If there was an upcoming main stage, they would do it. Or, like, the dance class would show what they're working on. When the jazz band had something big coming up, the jazz band would perform what they were preparing for their competition. Um, they have a senior showcase in, like, May, I think. Or, yeah. like, later in the year for the seniors. And like, I remember when I was a senior, you got to audition your thing. So I did a fashion show because my senior year I was working on um, – fashion out of um magazines for sculpture or something mm -hmm. so I did that and I think that was the only time I was in it but I was also editor of our yearbook in high school wow so uh, mm -hmm. old things die hard I guess yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um I was always photographing every recital so okay. like every month I was the photographer in the wings gotcha but um yeah. we also had these and things called artist studios where this was about once a month about once a month we would have someone the school would coordinate for a professional to come in <clears throat> could be singer actor dancer we even had some visual artists sometimes um music producer whatever come in and like do a performance and then have a q a session so cool. afterwards so it was like if you've ever seen inside the artist studio it's a tv show yeah. it's like the same premise um that's cool. Except for every time we had a visual artist, like, they would always be stoned and, like, everyone would just fall asleep in the audience because they would be talking so slowly and everybody would be like, we're looking at circles. <laughs> <laughs> it would always be some ultra mod, like, impressionist type. Super abstract. Yeah, and everybody in the audience, like, literally, like, it would all be, like, vocal kids in the audience and we'd all be like... <laughs> That's funny. So I think we had um, Disney Imagineers come and talk to us one time. It was like a big deal because. It but was that's not because you were in Florida. Florida. <laughs> but even even though we were in Florida, it was a big deal for us to get Imagineers. Wow, that is cool though. Um, yeah, you have your finger raised. I sense a segue. Okay. <gasps> I didn't even get that. That's so funny. Okay. okay. So, yeah, Disney Imagineers come and talk to us one time because we were in Florida. Wow. Disney. Disney adults. Hot takes <laughs> on Disney adults. I've been so good at these connections today. Ooh. She caught it really before I did. She caught it before I did. I said, I said, my finger, I lifted a finger and I said, this is an opportunity for us to change the topic. Yes. So, Riley, what are your thoughts on Disney adults? I should have been one. <laughs> I narrowly escaped my fate. Um, I was a Disney high schooler. When we say Disney adult and Disney... When we say Disney yeah, adult, I think we need it's to not an adult that likes Disney. It's a capital D Disney, capital A adult TM. Like, like, you know the stereotype. Like, the little happy family with Mickey ears on the back of the car. And, like, the the Instagram captions, um, I live where you vacation, haha. -ha. 
I've never seen that before. Are you kidding me? Or like you do the Disney College program. I'm going to expose a lot of people here. You do the Disney College program and then you go and work there. And then you go and work there and then you never leave. And it's like your entire identity is working for Disney. It should have been me. Luckily, we moved to Florida and like the idealized facade of Disney was kind of like kind of got evaporated a little bit. Kind of was revealed. Yeah, the curtain got drawn back a little bit. Um, but man, that's crazy people. Narrowly escaped, man. No, I really should have been a Disney doll. I was obsessed with Disney my entire childhood leading up into high school. I was, oh God, I am starting to have a little bit of trauma talking about it. PTSD, not even joking, but I was obsessed with Frozen in 8th, ninth, and 10th grade. I was like, going to say, well, weren't we like already grown when Frozen yes. came out? Yes, we were. I was in high school. I was very socially awkward in high school, like ninth and tenth grade. Very ninth and tenth grade for me are distinctly different age, like distinctly different times like, of development for me, as okay. opposed to eleventh and twelfth grade. Okay, like fifteen, sixteen year old Riley, very different from seventeen, eighteen year old Riley. Gotcha. That being understood. said, understood. When I was a freshman in high school and a sophomore in high school, I was obsessed with Frozen. I would wear Frozen T-shirts to school. Okay, we are really just exposing everything about ourselves to each other. (laughs) You set the stage with Hannah Montana. I'm just following your lead. But um, I did a a presentation on my English class in ninth grade about Frozen and how much it meant to me in front of my peers. This is why I had no friends in ninth grade. This is why. So it's really not a big question, but I did that. Um, I was obsessed. I remember going to Disney World in like ninth grade and meeting Anna and Elsa and them signing my t-shirt. Like, it was a big part of my Oh identity. my god, Riley. I know, it's very At least basement. I was obsessed with a real person. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <sighs> I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got snapped out of it. I really don't. Maybe I got bullied. <laughs> I can't remember now. You're acting like that's a question. I don't like. I don't think anyone ever like said anything to my face about it. But I think I could sense the vibe that you know this was not a normal thing to be really into. I think maybe that's what happened. Was I realized that like that was not age appropriate, and then we moved to Florida, and I was like, this is an opportunity to reevaluate my interests and my obsession with those interests, and maybe try to catch up in maturity a little bit. I think that's what I did. I think I just rebranded myself when we got to Florida. <laughs> I've really repressed a lot of it. <laughs> I was kidding. I've, repre- I've repressed a lot of what I talked about. Because I, mean, I was very public with my obsession. It sounds like you at least kept it to your bedroom. Yeah. I did not. I mean, like, but the thing is, like, when people came over, they thought that it was that's so true. cool. Because they're like, did they though? No, they did. Riley, do you <laughs> remember kidding. when people were so obsessed with Miley Cyrus? Like, if I went to your room, like if I came over at that age, I would have to thought the that Miley was really room. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I would have thought that was so cool, and I would have gone home and probably tried to do a High School Musical version of it for myself. <laughs> yeah. So, oh wait, I have another story about that same bedroom. Do tell. Do tell. So there was one month that like my parents like missed paying like the dish network bill like probably it just got you know 
thrown out by accident. You know when you actually uh-huh. had to like write a check to the yes. to the company instead of like auto drafting or having like e bills. Like you actually had to like write a check, fill out this little piece of paper, and like mail it. So those t- things like tended to get lost sometimes just because mm-hmm. like just a lot to keep up with. Having a did you miss an episode? Elementary school. I mean, just just let me finish. <laughs> And so, I just noticed one day that we didn't have Disney Channel anymore. So, I watched the Home Shopping Network for an entire three weeks until Dish Network finally got my parents' next payment. And I liked it! so agog with how much jewelry they sold on there and so much makeup and I was just like this is someone's job and to talk on here all day about this wonderful new bare minerals powder formation that will perfectly cover all of your blemishes and flaws with just one flick Flick of the brush. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just so enthralled with it. I don't think that, like, that really makes sense to me. <laughs> like, that's funny, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so that happened in that same bedroom. Wow, so many memories. I would just watch <laughs> Home Shopping Network. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this has been quite the whirlwind of an episode. <laughs> wow, I've done so much like reflection and reliving the development of my identity. And exposing. <laughs> exposing. Uprooting some trauma. Yeah, I think both of us are ready to... Started from the bottom, now we're here. Now we're here. (laughs) Now we are here. So, yeah, on that note, um, I think this is a good time to draw this episode to a close. So... This is a fun one. This was so fun. This was so unplanned. (laughs) No, really. (laughs) So, on that note, um, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to it mm-hmm. um follow us at finders keepers pod on instagram write us a review on apple Podcasts if you thought this was as funny as we thought it was so <laughs> um on that note i am meredith i'm riley and thank you for listening you guys thanks <laughs>